Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, June 24th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Timonini. And I am Broadway Radio's James Marino. Yeah, that's good. And Broadway stars, I think, is what's in the script. But if you wanted to go Broadway Radio, that's fine, too. I'm. It, it is your world. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday's Grace Hockey. <laughs> no, that's in that's red. What... I know, actually, it, uh, Ashley's is highlighted. But either way, you are James Marino. Nice to be back with you. I am inching ever so close to surpassing you in the total number of episodes that are listed on the current Broadway radio set. I know that's not uh, all of them. Well, I have a plan with Jennifer McHugh. I know. I talked to her today. We're gonna have, <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. Anyway, uh, yeah, because I noticed I was much closer a couple days ago. Now you've got 11 on me. I think I was down to like four or five, but it's fine. Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> James, you are here because Ashley and Grace are both at different New York City baseball games uh, on Wednesday night. So we called you in. Today is kind of going to be a short news uh, day because I do have a fantastic interview with the always incredible Grace McLean. She is a part of the Ali Forney Center's Night of a Thousand Judies, which starts streaming tonight. Um, we will have that interview at the end of the episode. But if you are unfamiliar with Night of a Thousand Judies, um, it is the, this is the fifth annual. I think I talked with Beth Malone about it last year. Um, it, it, it's a concert that benefits the Alley Forney Center, which is the largest organization dedicated to homeless LGBT youth in the United States. Um, and it's a fantastic organization and a fantastic concert that's also going to feature performances from Alan Cummings, Sam Harris, um, Vivian Reed, Mary Testa, Nathan Lee Graham, Jose Lana, uh, Kevin Smith Kirkwood, uh, Margot Siebert, and many many more so definitely check that out starting tonight we will have a link of course in the show notes and uh, i'll be talking to grace mclean who is very very busy uh, at the end of this episode so i'll give you your own private peter felicia trivia question right now ready okay let's do it i like baseball that's what i'm doing here what's that from that's not it's not a trivia question, um, but that's a, that is that falsettos? Yeah, very good. Okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have gone with uh, you know a ragtime song as well. Up your alley, or yeah, some up sort your alley. Damn, that's damn good. Yankees. Yeah, damn Yankees. Oh, so good, yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but James, let's get into the news. This is one of those things where I've got like a bunch of short little stories. So if you want to pop in and talk about any of them without me pitching to you. No baseball pun intended there. Um, <laughs> feel free to uh, call a timeout and have the umpire put a halt on things. Um, but let's start with the news that we have yet another movie to musical project in the works. And like many of the previous ones, especially recently, the original screenwriter is involved, although in this case, she's not actually writing the book for the musical. But Oscar winner Callie Corey, who... I first became familiar with because she was the creator and showrunner for the TV show Nashville. She is in the early stages of adapting her iconic female road trip film, Thelma and Louise for the stage. Now I said, she's not writing it. Instead, Hallie Pfeiffer is writing the book while indie singer songwriter, Nico case is writing the score. Unsurprisingly, Pfeiffer's regular director collaborator, Trip Coleman is set to direct. Corey tell, told The Hollywood Reporter that the musical will be a reimagining of her original story. She also added that they pretty much have a book and songs ready, but because of the pandemic, collaborating has been slow, but that the work so far, in her words, is promising. James, I don't want to spoil the end of this movie for people who might mm, not yeah, have seen it. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. 
Yeah, that will be an interesting um, feat to pull off. I hope they don't go with something cheap and generic by like using simple projection for that. Well, you know, uh, I was thinking of, uh, of Groundhog Day. Did you know how they did the, the car chases in Groundhog Day and everything? I did not see it. It closed before I could get to town, uh, so I did not see it. See. No. Uh, now, I personally loved what they did there. They they sort of did it in in mocking miniature uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and had like a uh, – I, I don't know if it was a drop or a projection with little – cars that would chase each other on the thing there so uh, i'm interested the thelma and louise thing uh more than the final scene which i think is the thing the 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 big thing about the movie is is that people talked about what happened in that moment after the screen goes black uh and how will they do that on broadway but certainly thelma and louise uh starring um hugh jackman and sutton foster uh that'll be uh you know uh Ashley's favorite because uh, she loves the music man so much. Yeah, well, I, I do think that one of the nice things about this, well, yes, Trip Coleman is a man. He will be directing this, but the writing team is two women. So it's nice to finally see mm-hmm. a screen to stage adaptation with an, an all female writing team. Um, especially one that focuses on two central women. So I think that's uh, at least somewhat of a step in the right direction. But is there any uh, any time frames kind of, you know, generalities thrown? Around? No, no. They said that they are still in the very early stages um, of this. But they, I mean, she did say that they have a script and a score if not in whole written, you know, predominantly written. So with the way these things turn around, I would not be surprised if we see this in the next year or two, having some sort of out of town tryout, but um, some very interesting casting could be done with this one for the Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon parts. Who's going to play the Brad Pitt part. Um, Lots of stuff going on uh, with this. So I think it could be a a pretty, pretty interesting uh, project that kind of differentiates itself from uh, from so many other, you know, movie musical adaptations. All right. Now we see that Stars in the House has crossed the $1 million raised mark. Yeah, they had. They were. They announced yesterday that after 15 months of nearly daily broadcasts, the live stream variety show Stars in the House has now raised over $1 million for the Actors Fund. Of course, these are hosted by Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley. And to celebrate this fundraising milestone, they will be having their first in-person show next Wednesday, June 30th. You'll still be able to see it online. Um, But the show will feature a star-studded group, including Brenda Braxton, Andrea Burns, Liz Calloway, Kristen Chenoweth, Darius DeHaas, Colin Donnell, Beth Level, Andrea Martin, Brian Stokes-Mitchell, Patty Murin, Jack Plotnick, Cheetah Rivera, Mark Shaman, Pearl Sun, Nina West, and more. Um, you know, James, they talked about the special Tonys on yesterday's episode. I was Grace just going to say, you know, uh, I, they were giving them out like uh, anything this week, <laughs> and they, they seem to have missed stars in the house. Well, my conjecture, and I've said this many times on here, is that they need to get the Isabel Stevenson Award, which I don't think was announced uh, yet. So hmm. that's the one that has to do with community service and stuff like that. So I will be heartily disappointed if Seth and James and their whole team um, are not recognized for what they've done over the past year. Obviously, a million dollars is a lot of money, uh, but it's, it, I, I think Stars in the House was more than that. I think it was an opportunity for people to still get together and have something to look forward to. I've, I can't tell you how many times 
my Twitter feed is people watching the different reunions sure. and stuff that they have on yeah. stars in the house. So uh, I think Seth and James who uh, have done so much community service work and fundraising over the years, in addition to stars in the house, uh, I think they should be recognized uh, with the Isabel Stevenson award. But anyway, speaking of star studded news yesterday, the theater awards announced that since there was no Broadway or off Broadway for people to make their debuts in last year, instead this year, they will be pivoting to recognize three special honorees in celebration of the Theater uh, Theater World Awards 75th anniversary. This year, the Theater World Awards will honor Patti Lapone and Andre DeShields with the 8th Annual John Willis Awards for Lifetime Achievement in the Theater for their ongoing excellence and contribution to the theater. And also Audra McDonald will receive the Dorothy Loudon Special Award for Excellence in the Theater to honor her ex- overall excellence and contribution to the theater world. As is standard, for the Theater World Awards, our own Peter Felicia will host this virtual ceremony, which will be available to stream on July 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, of course, exclusively on Broadway World. Next, TDF announced yesterday that they were making plans to reopen their Times Square TKTS booth this September to coincide with the return of Broadway. No word yet on the other various TKTS locations around the city. I would imagine that those will take some time to open, James. Another thing that TDF announced is that via a survey, which I don't think I participated in, um, but they they said that 95% of TDS mem- TDF members have been vaccinated. Now, obviously, TDF members do not necessarily make up the entirety of the theater going population um, and maybe not even the majority, obviously. But in terms of people who go to see theater a lot, it is good to know that they are virtually all completely vaccinated. Um, And hopefully that number and the number of all vaccinated people who will be sitting in cramped, old, decrepit theaters uh, in the fairly near future will continue to rise so that we get closer to 100%. And finally, Actors Equity Association announced that they were recommending a new program for producers to have their employees trained so that they can fill the newly required COVID-19 compliance officer rule that is mandated in the safety guidelines that they have uh, finalized with the Broadway League. The class from Organization Arts and Science is the only certification program designed specifically for theater professionals and will be moderated and co-taught by Broadway Radio's own Lauren Class Schneider, along with Dr. Larry Caskell, with guests from across the theater management world, including Cody Renard Richards, Bonnie Panson, and Molly Meg Legal. We will have a link in the show notes if you would like to participate or have your staff go through the certification process. Well, this is obviously Actors Equity is um, pushing this out because of all of the, the the agreements that they had with the Broadway League. This is not exclusive to just Broadway employees. So if you're somebody who runs a, a theater company in and around New York City and you would like to have somebody from your staff designated to get this training, we will have the link for you to check that out as well. All right, James, before we get into my interview with Grace McLean, let's talk about our sponsor for this week, ExpressVPN. I, you know, James, you and I have talked over the years. I can't imagine how many times you've had to remote into my computer to fix some (laughs) sort of technological problem. I think you did it this weekend. Did you do it this weekend? I feel like you might have. It's been fairly recently. But but there are so many things in terms of, of computers and technology that 
they go so much faster than we were able to keep up with them. And one of those things is internet security. But one thing that I have learned is that you cannot be on the internet without using ExpressVPN. It is the one thing that is able to kind of like act like a sieve and it is like anybody who's trying to get in, it lets only the things that you want in. Basically, whatever internet content that you are trying to to uh, to stream. So you cannot be on the internet without ExpressVPN, James. Yeah, I mean, uh, you want to make sure that what you're viewing on the internet is, is only viewed by you. I mean, uh, what if you started to go to a bunch of different websites and at every other website you went to, you were offered advertisements and suggestions and things like that to purchase, like, say, something from T-shirts from The Ohio State University. That would be ridiculous. That's literally on the top of my uh, the website I'm looking on now, but it's hats. (laughs) Hats. Well, because they have cameras that can see that you wear hats all the time. I do. You know, uh, and and The Ohio State University. And when, when obviously, Matt would much rather have a hat from the Pennsylvania State University. Nah, hard pass. So, um, but if you want to keep that stuff private, you have to use something like ExpressVPN. And ExpressVPN is really, really fast. So it's not like uh, when you start other VPNs and they're slow and you're like, oh, this really stinks. Uh, uh, you know, ExpressVPN will really help you out and uh, keep your stuff private while letting you uh, surf the web very fast. Yeah, when it comes to staying secure online, ExpressVPN is simply the best option, which is why it's the number one rated VPN by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and James Marino himself. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between whatever device you're using, phone, laptop, tablet, smart TV, even your router, and on the other side, the World Wide Web. So no one else can see what you are doing online and you are always protected. Can you imagine if uh, Ashley Steves was was uh, surfing the web and all she got was was uh, musical theater recommendations for Andrew Lloyd Webber? She would be very angry, and I might try to figure out how to make that happen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio and do it today. That's ExpressVPN. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com. Dot com. That's ExpressVPN, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Broadway Radio, where you can get an extra three months free. One more time, that's expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio. Every time uh, Gracie gets uh, told something, it, it, you know, she sees it and it's all tell me on a Sunday. <laughs> so wait, only only one day a week did she get told that. Yes. Um, but yeah, James, we are going to wrap up this episode for today with the always delightful Grace McLean. We not only talk about Night of a Thousand Judies in the Alley Forney Center, but we also talk about uh, what she's been doing during the pandemic, the music that she's been making. She is currently in rehearsals um, up in Williamstown for the in-person premiere of the new musical Row, which was actually part of the WTF Audible series. So you can actually listen to the musical um online via audible now or you can go up to williamstown and see it but as she tells me in the interview it has been changed quite a bit since that audible version was put out we also talk about in the green and she gives me kind of an in-depth description of what a looper is which if you saw um uh, in the green you'll know what that is but 
She also uses it on her song for Night of a Thousand Judies. So enjoy this interview and tune in to Night of a Thousand Judies tonight, June 24th, benefiting the Alley Forney Center. Haven't I done all the things I'm supposed to? I've never done anything for me. Cold and dirt and hunger I have loved as water loves to flow into the sea. Haven't I done all the things I'm supposed to? I am waiting for the ripening. I can feel all my petals longing to bear, but somehow they're already falling from my tree. Haven't I done all the things I'm supposed to? Embraced my boundaries. So when will I see the light? And when will I be free? So coming up on June 24th, you're going to be a part of Night of a Thousand Judies, which is just an absolutely incredible event for an absolutely incredible organization. Um, why, when you were asked, I assume, why did you say yes to being a part of, of this concert coming up here in just a little over a week? I'd like for you to give me a reason to say no. <laughs> well, you're busy. You're, you're, you're a busy person. That's the only reason I can think of. Oh, but to sing one song, to be a part of honoring Judy frickin' Garland and benefiting the Alifornia Center, like, there's, yeah, I can make time to sing a song for that. Come on. Yeah, it's it's a great organization, and we've talked about this event uh, here on Broadway Radio over the years, and it it really brings together a lot of great talent. Are you allowed? I know the concert's not available for uh, a, I guess what five six days from the time we're recording. Are you allowed to at least give a hint as to what song you're singing? I have no idea, so that makes oh. me feel like I shouldn't. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, <laughs> if they haven't given say... you permission, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I will say that I did put my own little spin on it. You better believe that I use that looper to reimagine um, classic tune, (laughs) which is always uh, the most fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've been a part of a lot of these, you know, kind of special concerts over the past, I mean, I guess now 15 months. What has it been like for you who I always think of being as someone a part of shows that are very collaborative, whether you are writing them or not, you are a musician in in addition to an actor. Like, What has it been like for you to be creating things in somewhat varying stages of isolation over the past 12 to 15 months? Oh, yeah. You know, not ideal. Never ideal. But um, (laughs) I will say it's like... I, I, I'm grateful that I do have that, like that writer bone in my body because, um, that, that requires some level of, um, being comfortable being by yourself, you know, and being in isolation. Um, and you know, if that's allowed me sometimes when you're super busy with a bunch of things, you don't, you don't, um, get as much time to think about the things that you want to create. And so there has been a little bit of an opportunity, I guess, in, um, being able to be just with myself and my thoughts and the things that I'm interested in and have some time to delve into playing around with some, you know, personal creativity. Um, so I'll, I'll say that that's a little bit of a silver lining, but at the same time, it's been really heartening to see how, um, hungry we all still are in this community for connection and how we've gone out of our way 
um, to figure out how to do that, even in, you know, less than ideal circumstances, there's still been such a push for trying to find ways to come together and to support each other and to support, you know, important organizations and to keep just making throughout all of this. That's, that's really been like, you know, it's inspiring to see that even when circumstantially the world says, um, no, you can't, we, um, we theater folk don't, uh, take that as an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's kind of the whole uh, the whole premise behind behind theater people. Uh, you've be- said you've had some more time to work on things from the writer side of you. Or is there anything you can tell us about some of the stuff you've been uh, dabbling away at over uh, the past year or so? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. Um, well, one thing is there's a I've been working on an album with my band for the past couple of years, and it's really I mean. We've had so met so much of the music recorded much before this pandemic, but it really has been like, well, I'm busy, and then my producer is busy, and then we just don't do it. But we've been able to really sit down with the tracks now and really take our time with them. And we found a really great mixer, and I'm so excited about the way the music is sounding. I actually shot a music video a couple of weeks ago. It took oh, awesome. us. I was supposed to do it in November, and then. The, the virus said, I don't think so. And then we were supposed to do it in February. And then winter said, I don't think so. Um, and then I was going to do it in March. And then I got a job that said, I don't think so. It was like, is this ever going to happen? And then it did. I mean, thank awesome. God it did. I was able to get some people together. We went up um, to a friend's um, property in New Hampshire and we were just like very isolated. And I'm so excited about this video. Yeah, it's actually, it's it's for a song that'll be on the album. That's a song that was um, cut from In the Green, but um, I just love it so much. I've been performing it with my band. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to share the the single and the tune with people. Awesome. Yeah. And then there've been a couple of, um, a couple of like musicals that I've been working on. I've been, uh, I actually did a, a presentation, a sort of concert reading with the civilians Um uh, in what month is it? I guess we did it in May of the show. I've been working on with my collaborator, Kate Douglas, which is called, um, against women and music it's inspired by these Victorian era medical texts that purported that music was dangerous for women to play or even to hear. <laughs> that was sort of our jumping off point. It's very yeah. fun. We had an amazing, um, reading Katrina Lank and Amber Gray were sort of our leads. Um, it was just so fun to watch them play with each other, um, and to explore our, our, our um our new very new musical with them and again like to have katrina lank and amber gray to just yeah. be like are you guys can you take a weekend and do this and them to be like yeah we've got time <laughs> that's awesome was yeah just a, a total dream yeah so you mentioned the fact that you uh have a song on this new album from that was cut from in the green and that's a show that um I, I think most people were kind of introduced to you as a writer uh, through, and it's kind of gone on to with the cast album and, and stuff to ha- to be something that's really kind of, you know, at least for for me to become something that's in rotation on my musical theater albums. What has it been like for yeah. you as a as a writer to kind of see this thing that you've birthed to go out into the world and kind of live uh, beyond you now that you've kind of like finished and, and, and pushed it out for, uh, for people to consume. Yeah, it's terrifying and amazing <laughs> as I assume that any birth might be, you know? Um, yeah, that definitely was the, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. I have, um, so much more like empathy for 
<laughs> people who like singularly identify as writers, just like the, the blood, sweat and tears that goes into making a thing. And I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that I, that I did it and that it, we were able to record, you know, most of the show for this, for this album. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of it. And, um, I don't know if I can say this, so, but I'm going to say it anyway, but I'm just really excited that, um, the, the new school, their, their opera program is interested in, um, working with it next year and, and, um, working with with their students and putting up a production of it, which I'm super duper excited about to have, um, you know, opera is, it's still theater, but to have people who are like, you know, primarily identify as sort of musicians in a different way, um, take a look at the material. I'm excited to, to work with them on that. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about from this, from the night of a thousand Judy's, you talk about throwing in your, your looper in there, which is something obviously that's very much a part of, of in, in the green for people that don't really understand how complicated that just like as someone who, for me, who is not a musician, that just seems like such a complicated process just to keep everything you know, straight while you're constructing it. How do you go through the process of writing a song when you've got this technology that you're incorporating in addition to the music that you're writing, in addition to the lyrics that you're writing? Like that just seems like such a, a, a confusing thing when you've got so many plates spinning. I Writing music just seems like so foreign to me in general, but when you're throwing this in, it, it just seems like rocket science to me. Well, what's interesting is like, I really do think of that, the, the looper as my instrument. So just like a, a quick little rundown of what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a little box and I plug a microphone in it. And when I press a button, it records my voice. I press another button. It stops recording my voice. So that creates a loop. There's just, and, and nothing will be longer or shorter than that loop. So I can layer other loops on top of it. I can take some away. It'll be harmonies. It'll be beats. It'll be bass lines. I can, you know, uh, play around with the modality a little bit, but I, you know, I, um, I don't really know how to play other instruments. I like make it up on the piano. I understand like some basic chords. I try playing the bass for a little while and I always say that I'll get back into that. (laughs) I learned how to read music on the saxophone, but you can't like sing and play saxophone. Um, I always wanted to be a drummer, but I, my parents, said here's a saxophone when i i I understand i get it i get it (laughs) yeah um but so when i came across this like my voice is the is the instrument that i i think understand the best and when i found out about this piece of technology um i was like oh i can use my voice as an instrument and sort of amplify it and play with it that's going to be cool so that's really how I think of this instrument. And it has its own limitations, you know, like a loop, it can only be so long. I only have four channels. I can only record so many things on top of it. Like it does, it's not endless possibilities in the way that 88 keys is not endless possibilities or, Mm. you know, four or five strings or whatever is not endless possibilities. So I've just really gone out of my way to learn as much as I can about this little tool to find out what its edges are and to find out how I can play around with those edges. So if that's, you know, knowledge is really power when it comes to this thing. And as soon as you know how it works, I think it's like, Oh, that's the magic trick. Great. Then I can, um, I can play around with it. So I really just think of it as like, that's my, this thing is my instrument. It's my primary instrument. It's how I've been writing for the past couple of years. Um, and you know, so it just gets to a point where I, I then am really allowed to, 
think about how to play within that structure that this thing offers and play within the limitations and then mm. think about what is the journey that I want to take my audience on? What is the story that I want to tell not only lyrically, but also, you know, uh, musically with these loops, a loop can get pretty repetitive, right? <laughs> so the game comes about like, where are the surprises? Where are the twists and turns? What's the, um, yeah, what's the journey I can take people on with these, um, these building blocks that I'm playing with. I hope yeah. any of that makes sense. No, I mean that, yes, it makes I still think it's confusing as hell, but uh, it, <laughs> uh, I appreciate the fact that it's not confusing for you. And I enjoy the stuff you make from it uh, because you understand the magic trick. But um, at the beginning, I mentioned the fact that you're, you're busy um, and we are recording this before you head off to a day uh, of rehearsal up in Williamstown um, for, I guess the in-person premiere um, of the musical row, um, which is coming up uh, beginning in mid July on the 13th. And this is going to be outdoor. And of course, this is not the first time you've been associated with this musical. And it's not going to be the first time that people have the opportunity to hear you leading this musical, uh, because this was a part of Williamstown's, uh, Williamstown's uh, audible season, which is available um, via audible, I, I think starting last year or early this year, I can't remember when the release date was, but um, this is a show that you've obviously been working on for a while now. What is it like though, when you now finally back in a rehearsal room with real live people doing, getting ready to do a real live show in front of a real live audience yeah i want to cry like every day <laughs> um it's so amazing to just be in a room with people to breathe together to sing together come on we've been yeah. doing this thing where like you can't even you can't even speak at the same time you know uh, uh, it just makes such a difference and, and you can feel that things are moving so quickly um, you know, ideas are passing through us. So we're able to have these conversations, these complex conversations about this um, incredible story and the way that we're telling it. And, um, you know, all of the backstory that's not in this show, but that's going to inform us. It's just like there, the ideas and the energy flows just exponentially quicker. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to share this with people in an amazing outdoor space and to, have that um, exchange with an audience in real time. I mean, these are things that I, I just never want to take for granted ever again. Yeah. You know, even having, even having like a paper script that I get to hold on to. it's this tangibility that has been denied us for so long. I, there, there's something about it. That's like, Oh, getting back on a bike. And yeah, this is how you run a rehearsal and here's how you learn music. Um, but then there's another part of me that's like, no, 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 wait, you haven't done this in over a year. Um, you know, there's no guarantee of anything. And I'm, I just yeah. am trying to spend every moment intentionally grateful and appreciative um, of what it means to be in the presence of other human beings. <laughs> yeah. Well, th this is a question that I always think about when like shows come to Broadway, but they release their cast album before, you know, they even go into rehearsals. We have row via audible, but yeah. now you're finally in a rehearsal room. How much are you able to play with it? Are you beholden to the recorded version? What, how are you yeah, uh, going it, through? It's different. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. That's yeah. my, that was my question. I mean, things have changed even um, even from that recording. 
There's, there are new songs. There are songs that were in one place and now they're in another place. There's new lyrics, there's new scenes, um, which is really exciting because of course, you know, with the audible recording, it was really just like, we've got to, we've got to get this down. We've got to tell the story in this way with materials that we have. Um, and things just change when you get in a room with people and the way you want to, the way you want to, and the audible recording, I think is fantastic. Um, and that's, but that's just a different medium too. Totally. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Of course it makes sense that once we get really into the medium of theater, um, we're going to find out how the story wants to be told in this way. Yeah, and it, it's such an interesting concept for a show. You play um, the woman who tries to, uh, the first woman who tries to row by herself across the Atlantic Ocean, which is yep. not not something that you think is uh, like great for a musical. But then you're like, oh wait, the best musicals are the ones that don't <laughs> seem like they make sense for a musical. Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, uh, really cool, and I'm excited to see and hear how you all bring this to life on an actual real life stage. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. I mean, it's an incredible story, you know, and it's not just about the row. It's called row. Right, right, right. But, um, you know, it's not just about the feet. It's about this woman and her life. And and um, and it's about, you know, facing your demons as you might be confronted with them when you are forced into an isolating situation. Do you know what I mean? Has anybody yeah, felt that way recently? You know, I think that there's something, even though it's this like superhuman feat, it's really, really actually like a quite human story. Yeah, absolutely. Very excited for that. I've listened to Roe uh, uh, as a devoted Audible member, so uh, I'm very excited for the future of this show. Um, but I, I will let you go because I know you have rehearsal, but I will wrap this up by getting it back to Night of a Thousand Judies and the Alley Forney Center. Um, as we said, this is a, an incredible organization. They are the largest and most comprehensive agency dedicated to um, LGBTQ homeless youths. And I I just kind of was hoping as we wrap this up, coming out of a year when, like we said, we were all isolated, but fortunately, you know, for uh, most of us, we were able to stay at home and have the security of being at home. But for these these youths who not only were dealing with a pandemic, but also dealing with with homelessness, um, I, I can't even imagine what this past year has been like. So. As we are asking people to watch Night of a Thousand Judies and donate to the Alley Forney Center, um, just kind of your thoughts about how important it is to support this organization and to watch these incredible artists who are going to perform, but more importantly, uh, to support the Alley Forney Center. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that we can all, having gone through a sort of collective trauma in whatever way that is manifest for each of us, I think we can really understand the importance of um, safety nets and how we can contribute to those and contribute to um, you know, people in our community who um, maybe are getting left behind. Maybe at this moment, we're a little bit more aware of that than, um, than we were 15 months ago. And so, you know, more than ever, it's important to show up for and support in whatever way you can. Um, and, you know, a, a bonus, you also will get to um, uh, sort of commune with some fantastic performers honoring uh, a legend in the business. I mean, 
Yeah, who just had a birthday a few uh, a few days ago as we're recording. Um, so, it, are you? Is there anyone else on this group that you're excited to hear and see them perform? Or are you privy to any uh, song choices or anything that gets you extra excited or anything like that? I have no idea what anybody's doing, but I'm excited about everybody. Alan <laughs> Cumming, come on, Mary yeah. Testa, give me anything I she know. does. Yes, anything. No. Come on. I am weak. I am warm. listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway radio and you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt and my name is james reno from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com thanks for spending some of your thursday with us and uh ashley and grace i think you're gonna no, be back tomorrow matt or and grace. Matt, matt and grace. grace matt and grace will be back tomorrow somebody <laughs> and we'll talk, we'll talk to you soon Lived a life of death In living I have learned to love another as a mother And I felt that love inside my wicked flesh